This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Boonwurrung people of the Kulin Nation. The land on which I am lucky enough to raise my son always was and always will be Aboriginal land. This episode is brought to you by Our Pilates, an online platform with over 150 physio-led Pilates classes. Hello and welcome to Witching Hour. It's Ready or Not's brand new sister podcast that looks at what's exciting, delighting, intriguing and frustrating us when it comes to making work work. I'm Lucinda. And I'm Loz. And in the nature of last week, I've dug up a feel-good story for women. Just over a year ago, Jenny Newen opened a bar in Portland, Oregon that only plays women's sports. It's called the Sports Bra, which I think is very clever. And within its first year, it was profitable, making just over a million dollars in revenue. So it goes to show that women's sport is really starting to get the spotlight and PR it deserves. I love this story and I love how much we're not going to find you at the sports bar anytime <laughs> well, probably soon. not. It's very me, not very I wouldn't very say you. that's very me, exactly right. But maybe this will get you over the line. Exactly. It's a good way to kick things off. Loz, your friend Paula DM'd us a great clip. The subject is about having it all. It's a comedian, Michelle Wolf. I'm going to play it for you now. Women can have it all. Yeah, stop saying that. You act like all is good. All does not mean good. You've never left an all-you-can-eat buffet and thought, I feel really good about myself. I sure am glad I went back for spare ribs. Yeah, she clearly points out, I think there's this idea that having it all translates to doing it all. And quite honestly, it's exhausting and who really wants to do that? But then I want to do that, (laughs) which is sick in itself. Like I've got this weird sense of self-fulfillment when I have this enormous to-do list that entails like working from home, doing my washing, cleaning my bench top, like just odd things that are so unnecessary, but then at the same time do make me feel like I am doing it all. Yeah, do you feel like if you almost find a balance in the day of doing all the mum things and all the work things, it still does feed our egos a bit, even 100%. though we say we don't want it all, we don't want to have it all, all of that, it still is absolutely feeding into our egos if we feel like we can be great things at work and at home? Yes, because I think I've got this shit. I am the boss. I also hate the dialogue that you often hear in response to this, which is why isn't anyone asking if men can have it all and can men have it all? Because to me... But they do have it all. But I don't think they do. If you're, if you're a partner, a husband, a father, who's going to work all day every day, contributing nothing to the household, pissing your wife off potentially or your husband and not spending much time with your kids, like that sounds depressing to me. That's not having it all. Yeah, it's valid actually. I mean, it would be nice. It would be nice sometimes. I do think it would be really nice to go to work and come home after the kids are asleep and just sit down and pour myself a big big wine. That would be lovely. The thing that really drove it home for me was the buffet comment. I mean, I love a buffet, but it is overwhelming. You get there, there's a thousand people. They're trying to cut the queue, which just gives me the shits. Like, wait your turn. It's almost like being at some sort of fashion sale. Yeah, and also it's like the food's not going to run out. You're at a buffet. It's it okay, mate. Like it will, though. That's distressful. <laughs> everything's replenished. <laughs> but when you think of it like a buffet and you kind of put career and motherhood and everything else and you've got this plate full of food, it's actually so unappealing. Like, imagine if you had a plate full of sushi, ham, cheese ice cream cream. it looks 
gross. Like no one wants that. And that's what stuck out for me. Why are we piling our plates? Like let's take it back to basics and go one at a time. So a buffet in its literal sense is making us feel sick with literally feeling full. Yeah. And a buffet in the sense of trying to smash every single goal under the sun is making us sick with tiredness. Don't do it. I want nothing. <laughs> I don't want all. I want nothing. Well, maybe let's start with the dessert, Lou. Start with the dessert. Load up the stuff yes. that's good and then do that's the shitty the stuff later. <laughs> yeah. Dessert is kid-free time. Exactly. Fruit salad is hanging out with your kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so speaking of having it all, on the other end of the scale, a lot of mothers are leaning out. So I read an article by The Atlantic that was called The Professional Women Who Are Leaning Out. So I'll share a little bit of this article with you. So the article opens with, to be a working mother during a global pandemic is to constantly be torn between your kids and your clients. At times in the past year, Amy Conway Hatcher, a lawyer at a big firm in Washington, would overhear her two children having dinner with her husband and not be able to join them because she was working 80 to 100 hour weeks on Gosh, big it's a cases. Big That's week. a lot. Like a I lot. used to work up to maybe 50 or 60 hours before kids. I think that is pretty standard though. I've got a couple yeah. of girlfriends that are in that or oh, in the law game. But Alison Fasto, having it all meant listening to a 6-year-old sob and bang on her door in search of comfort and not being able to give it to him because she was in the middle of an important call. Last spring, Molly Quigley was working seven days a week and she said, I was just yelling at everybody all day long and my six-year-old wasn't staying on his Zoom class and I finally realised I just can't do it all. There's a stat that's pretty overwhelming in this and I'm assuming it's America specific. Nearly 2.5 million women have left the workforce since the pandemic began. On top of that, about a third of mothers also said they're considering downshifting or pulling back from their careers. So when I read this at the start, I felt a little bit sad about that. It's like, oh, mum's making sacrifices yet again. It was the first time in six years that McKinsey, who did this study, had found women expressing such a strong interest in working less. Some of them were also really afraid to admit that they wanted to work less. Like it felt anti-feminist, but I really liked the end of this piece because that's almost how I felt reading it too. I was like, what a shame that women have been paving the way for themselves, but then they're finding that they have to pull back. But I really loved this quote at the end of the article, and I think it's a really good reminder. Feminism, these women decided, doesn't have to be all about work. Sometimes, in fact, it can mean relaxing a bit, especially in the middle of a global emergency. I think you're a feminist if you're making choices for yourself, Conway Hatcher said. There are other ways to be successful than billing time. Oh, it's a good one. That's powerful. It is. I would add to that that the whole leaning out movement, massive fan of, because I think for so long there has been this big narrative around leaning in. From my own experience, I have found leaning in to be when you're saying yes or feeling like that you need to say yes for opportunities, in inverted commas, that aren't necessarily paying you anymore. Yeah, it's like rebranding, just slogging yourself at work and someone's just taking advantage of you. Yeah, it is. And it's expected because you're meant to lean in to this new opportunity, lean in to adding more value, lean into additional values. Fuck that. If it doesn't serve you, ditch it. Get rid of it. Lean out. Do you think also when we become parents, I've noticed a bit of a trend where we back ourselves in more, our time is more spread out. So we're more likely to be like, nah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. 
because mentally you don't have the capacity. And also you're like, unless I'm getting paid for it or unless this actually is progressing me, is it on the right path to me getting a promotion? Like what is the actual value? Why am I saying yes and leaning into something that's not serving me? And if you're a parent, you're already, already doing you're a leaning lot into of everything, unpaid mate. fucking work at home. I you don't got need the to whole do lot. more unpaid work at <laughs> work. I'm all for this article, Lou. I love the fact that we're starting to promote leaning out. I don't think I'd label it that. I'd probably say you can just say no. Yeah, like these women as well, they didn't stop working. They just found jobs that were actually a little bit more progressive and a bit more flexible. So I think something that can be really tricky for mothers in particular is we're driven, we want to work, but sometimes we just need to reduce our schedule. It might be that you're returning to work and four days might be in your future, but maybe you just need three at the start and you're not ready for four. How do you have that conversation still showing your manager that you are committed to that role, but you actually just can't do it at the capacity you're doing it at now? I think you just have to start with having the conversation. One thing I've seen so many times is people become so overwhelmed actually starting the conversation that they think, oh, this is too hard. I'm just going to quit. They're not going to offer me three days. Or they overcompensate or over-apologize or... Yeah. And likelihood is one of two things will happen. Either your workplace will say, we'd love to accommodate that. Let's work out how we can go about that, which is great. Or they're going to say to you, we can't accommodate that. And then it's the time for you to step back and say, do I really want this job? Is it serving me? Do I want to look for something else? What's going to give? It's kind of a conversation that you have to have with yourself, but if you don't ask, you don't get. The midwife mama posted on her feed, her Instagram feed the other day about her cooking and baking a cake. And the response that she got from that was pretty overwhelming. Let me guess, a lot of people were feeling a little bit triggered by her doing it all. For context, I mean, I don't know her personally, which always feels funny when you're talking about somebody else's life. But for context, she is a mum of three. She's pregnant with her fourth child and she's also a business owner. So she does have a lot on her plate. I actually wanted to read some of the DMs that she received. I'm not even pregnant or have kids and I can't be bothered cooking, let alone baking a cake. Another person said, how do you do it all? I struggle every day with two kids. It's so hard. Her response naturally was, I don't do it all. Sometimes I do. Some days are better than others. Some days I struggle. Really down to earth. But it kind of ties into what we were talking about before, this whole having it all versus doing it all mentality. I think what I found so fascinating, and I do it myself, is this real mum banter of a comparison between, oh, she's baking a cake Oh, I can't be bothered. Like we all kind of do that sometimes. And I wanted to get stuck into a little bit of research behind this. Sorry. Research by baby brand Kendamil in the UK found that a worrying four in five, so that's 80% of mums can't help but judge their parenting in relation to others. Huge I'm not stats. surprised by that, which is really sad. Yeah. 81% of mums fear they're being judged by other parents with over a third, so 37%, deeming that their mother-in-law is their biggest critic. <laughs> Hilarious. And (laughs) nearly a third, 31% fearing judgment from their own mum. I wish I could sit here and say that this stuff didn't affect me. The whole why can't we get along narrative. I've definitely had that in my head before. Like why can't we all just get along? Why are we judging each other? But I know for sure that I do this. When you see people making things that look way more beautiful than you've ever made for your son or your daughter, 
it does something to you. And I don't know so much if it's that it makes me feel jealous or inadequate because I think I'm pretty strong in that way and I know that I'm doing my best. One thing it does make me really sad for is that it just shows the expectations on women particularly because a man is not triggered by walking into daycare and seeing that every other kid has better lunch than him. But us mums are. We can't help it. We're like, oh, my God, look how stunning that Well, this is what I spoke to you about the other day. So – I forgot Sienna's backpack. Always a great look. I always, <laughs> always get Rose's backpack. Look. Ever since pregnancy, I pretty much walk out without it every I'm single time. I'm not even time. pregnant. She's been going to the same daycare for like two years. It's fine. So I arrived at her daycare. I dropped off her backpack and in it was her lunchbox. And it just so happened that the time that I was dropping it off was around lunchtime. So I walked in and couldn't help but notice other kids' lunchboxes. Now, for context, the kid next to her had – like star-shaped cucumbers cut out. And why does that, as soon as I it hear triggered that, me. it makes me feel annoyed. And I, I don't know why because I'm like, good We're on just you, so mum or dad. However, when I was having a quick search around, there was, and I think I couldn't stop laughing about this. So Sienna's lunchbox was like, I don't know, a couple of crackers, sushi roll, a bit of fruit. The girl next to her, as I said, had a star-shaped cucumber the one next to her, the kid next to her, <laughs> had a lunchbox. And I'm not joking you. It was like a Tupperware container. There was like a strawberry shortcake biscuit with like a pickle, a sandwich. It was like someone had woken up in the morning and gone, fuck. And shit, my kid's got a kinder today and I need to feed Just them. like throwing shit in there so quick. And all I could think about was, gosh, I hope Sienna is friends with that kid. Because and why that's am I my type of parent. To, yes, but why am I endeared to that parent or that mum if we're going to assume which we shouldn't but why are we endeared to that type of parent and that type of kid but we're threatened by the cucumber star parent so one thing that I find really interesting is I don't know why that triggers me because hearing those two examples of kids I want I want the unhinged kid around me. yeah me I want too. the unhinged parent around me and I want to have a drink with them cucumber stars probably a great person why am I being judgmental towards them what stresses me out about this besides that it brings out a sort of yuck side in me that I don't like is that it also perhaps is deep-seated in that I think that more is expected of me than my husband like yeah. if Hayden walked in we're not at a daycare yet where we provide food but if Hayden walked in and gave Ray like a peanut butter and jam sandwich he wouldn't think twice I mean he would because you can't take peanut butter oh (laughs) geez I'm a rookie parent uh yeah well he probably still would I'm sorry peanut butter sandwich but I uh note to self tell Hayden tonight (laughs) that never to take peanuts to school wow okay bad example But Hayden would never feel bad about the quality of Ray's lunch compared to the kid next to him. But I definitely would. So as much as I like to think of myself as a quite self-assured person who doesn't give herself too much of a hard time, the fact that it's triggering me shows that it obviously does. Something else that really upsets me about this is I think it just goes to show the expectation that we still think is placed on us or that is still placed on us by society. It's so easy to be a good dad. But is it by society or is it by women? Well, it's so easy to be a good dad. Think about the older generation. If Ryan does one little thing and they're like, oh, he's an amazing dad, but you do 10 things, no one's noticing because that's just what's expected of you. Yeah, but other women are noticing. Yeah, but it's because of society. I think society has pitted us against each other Yeah, because we're 
always playing the comparison game. We're always wondering if we're good enough parents, whereas dads really don't have that game to play very well. Or maybe they just didn't care as much. Yeah, but that's because society doesn't place the pressure on them. True, true. And what annoys me about it is that I think while feminism has been incredible for getting us into boardrooms, getting us seats at the table, getting us positions of power, I don't think we've been told to drop the balls at home properly. Yeah. To drop the plastic balls. This is the whole reason why I wanted to point out that post because the comments on it, some of them were so vile and I thought to myself, fuck's sake, she's making dinner in a cake. Yeah. Let the lady bake. Like if this is what you're spending your time on on Instagram commenting, oh God, like how exhausting. And I, I felt sorry for her in that moment too because then she went on to explain which she doesn't need to. She doesn't need to justify mm. something as simple as that. Yes. But she went on to explain like some days I do have it together. Some days I don't have it together. Like it's, yes. you know, ebbs and flow of everything like life is. And just a vitriol that it received mm. was interesting enough to discuss it today. Yes. And I saw all of the commentary around that and I was disgusted by it. But to pretend that I'm not a tiny a part, part of, of that problem is to lie. I would never, ever bring someone down on Instagram or even comment. But, you know, there's always those snide little comments. If you ma- if you happen to have one of those days where you're creative and you make something delicious for your kid, even one of your friends might be like, oh, fuck, I'd never do that. Or mm. like if I'm giving Ray a pouch, I'll laugh to a friend and be like, oh, I can't be fucked cooking. It's like I'm trying to act like I don't care or something. It's really bizarre. It's yeah. almost like we think the lower the effort, the cooler the parent. I actually really agree with that statement. It's become like a trend, hasn't yes. it? Yes, and I am definitely a bit of the problem. I still find it disgraceful the, the way that the midwife mama was treated online and I would never partake in that narrative and I think we all need to have a really good hard look at ourselves and stop pitting ourselves against each other. I think the message at the end of the midwife mama's post is perfect, so I'm going to end on that. She says, some days I have it together, other days I just keep swimming. So, Loz, Sienna made Rye her Father's Day card. She did. It's very beautiful. It did need some explaining though. So Sienna drew a card for Rye and on it were three people, three circles with a couple of sticks in them. There are four people in our family, myself, (laughs) Ryan, Zave and Sienna. So naturally I said, Sienna, who's in the picture? She goes, oh, there's daddy. I was like, okay. And she's like, there's Sienna. Okay, and there's baby Zave. I was like, oh, okay, where's mummy? And she's like, oh, mummy's cleaning. <laughs> I feel so depressed like, about this. I don't know what's more depressing, the fact that I, I, I am spending a lot of time cleaning. You're a cleaner. Yeah, because my fucking kids are freaks. Yeah, but you're They're just feral. You're a clean freak. You really are. Mate, cleanliness is next to godliness. Yeah, see, I'm... I is wish. that the quote? <laughs> it's not, know. it is now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I thought I thought I'd share some community stories because you did go out and ask. Here's my three faves. So number one, Dad asks, "What do you like most about Daddy?" My three-year-old, Mummy. I like Mummy. <laughs> I love that. It's so good. That's the sort of thing where if Ray says that about me when he's three, I'll be oh, like, you just feel so nice. good. <laughs> The second one, dad's favorite place to go, the supermarket. I loved this one. It's this is adorable. So it's so wholesome. I don't think 20 years ago they were saying that about their dads on Father's <laughs> no. Day. No, and then the third one, my mini said dad was very good at angry. <laughs> <laughs> this, would so be, this would be me and our family. It's Hayden's so the least good. angry person in the world. 
So speaking of community, love a question and answer on Instagram. And this week I asked everyone for their best return to work tips on the readyornot.pod Instagram. What were your favourites? I'm practical. So my favourites were pack your freezer with ready-made meals. It seems so basic, but even just a big cooker because no one can be fucked. You'd be surprised how much mental effort it takes just returning to work. One less thing to do on your list. Otherwise, you end up eating like schnitz or grilled like I do every second night. Yeah, same. Or poached eggs on toast. Also delicious. (laughs) Um, My other one was talk to your partner about what will need to change when you're no longer at home full time. I think this is a really good one too because I think a lot of people, if they're the ones that have returned to work early on, say at two weeks postpartum, Mm. some things they just wouldn't realise. So it's good to have that conversation. I also just think there's like this underlying assumption. Yes. That like – the stuff that you were doing when you were yeah. at home with your kid is the stuff that you're going to continue to do when you're at work and it's you just can't fit it all on your plate. So I love this tip because it's something that I actually forgot to do during maternity leave. A big one is checking your super balance, making sure your super is paid and up to date and that you try to catch up from the pay gap that happened due to taking time off. That's a good tip. So good. Everyone check your super I love that tip because I remember Georgie Dent telling me that women over the age of 55 are the fastest growing group of homeless people in Australia. Jeez, that's concerning. And a lot of it is to do with the fact that they're caregiving their whole lives and then they have nothing to show for it. And last tip that I loved, remove leaving early guilt. I emailed team and managers prior with my hours. I love that it's all about setting boundaries and walk out the door at 5pm. That's when you're paid to be there till stop slogging yourself. So Loz, that's all she wrote today. We are leaning out. For those of you who liked today's episode, please leave us a positive review on Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to your podcast and be sure to follow readyornot.pod on Instagram. 